you know, I feel like that's something if we really want to make the game more inclusive, it's it's more timely than ever right now. We have to really take a stand and, 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 and help uh, be a part of the solution. All right, episode nine of Golf Needs You, a podcast where golf industry creators, entrepreneurs, and professionals can walk us through their personal stories and professional journeys and talk a little bit about how they got to where they are today. My name is Will Mayo. I am the Director of Golf Sales and Business Development at Rams Hill Golf Club in Borrego Springs, California. And my guest today is Jason Fields. Jason is the co-founder of Rada Golf. Rada Golf is a golf apparel company out of Los Angeles. And Jason is a super interesting guy with a really unique background and who's doing really awesome things for expanding the lens of what it means to be a golfer. Uh, how you can express yourself uniquely and personally in golf and on top of all that and probably most importantly he's doing a lot for social change right now at a time when we all need it so i hope you enjoy my conversation with jason please follow along and check out what he's doing and what rod is doing at radagolf.com that's r-a-d-d-a golf.com or on instagram at radagolf without further ado jason fields Okay, today we are here with Jason Fields, co-founder of Rada Golf. Jason, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me. First question that I kind of ask everybody is, you're having casual conversation with somebody in an elevator and they ask you what you do for a living. What do you tell them? Ah, uh, God, man, I, I, I tell them I golf for a living. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, uh, I have a, a golf apparel company called Rada Golf, uh, about a year old. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, we're, uh, we're chugging along We're we're still pretty small. Um, but, uh, I feel like we're, we're catching some traction. We have something special going on and, uh, yeah, I'm excited for people to, uh, those who are listening to, to check it out for the first time. Well, and the, the perils of me living on the internet is in my head for the last year. I've called it Radagolf and now I'm clearly learning that was incorrect. you can call it whatever you want. <laughs> Where, where's the name, come, where's the name come from? Uh, it's a play on my daughter's name. My daughter's name is Rafa, R-A-F-F-A. And um, yeah, I don't know. My co-founder and I were just kind of playing around with various uh, ideas for a name and it just kind of popped into my head and we both really liked it and we went for it. Well, and I wanted to ask you if you consider yourself, do you do you work in golf or do you work in fashion or, or some hybrid? Golf, you know, that's, yeah. that's, a, that's a really good question because, you know, a lot of, especially with our aesthetic being kind of more fashion or trend driven, um, a lot of people assume that we're, we're kind of more fashion than we are golf to make sure that, you know, we, we convey that we are a golf brand first and foremost, you know, we're making apparel for golfers by golfers mm-hmm. um, because, you know, there's some brands out there that kind of push their product as a golf product, but it doesn't perform on the course or the little kind of nuances or details don't really um, show that they understand, uh, you know, the on course experience. So yeah, it's a great question. We are a golf brand first and foremost. Interesting. And, and, you know, previous to, to this episode, I, I spoke with uh, Nick and Christina Lumsden and they run dog leg brewing company down in uh, Vista, California. And I asked them kind of a similar question of, you know, when, 
when you're going that route, is there like a fine line that you straddle between not trying to alienate folks or without, you know, non-golfers or golfers alike, or you just do what you like and hope people dig it? Well, I guess a little bit of both. That's another really good question. You know, we, we don't want to alienate anybody um, by trying to make ourselves, you know, too fashionable. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't, we, we know that it's a fool's errand to try and please everybody. Sure. Um, so I, I guess the, the answer to that question is, is, is kind of being true to who we are as golfers and, and, and founders and, uh, and offering something that we feel is missing in the market um, and being true to those brand tenets and, um, and, and hopefully speaking to an underserved part of, of the golf community. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a pretty tough balancing act, you know, and um, mm-hmm. because we are very lifestyle driven, um, we do know that, um, you know, we are taking risks in, in, in certain, in certain areas, but, you know, we kind of, rely on the the fact that all of these here and we're all golfers so we know that there are others like us in the in the community so Uh, but yeah that is definitely something that we keep in mind on a daily basis well you mentioned like an underserved part of the market like what what is that niche that you're feeling that you thought wasn't there before you started well you know i mean there are you know, if you look at the, the landscape of the market now, all of the major brands speak the same language. And mm-hmm. uh, I feel like they're all speaking to the same customer as well. Um, you know, that kind of performance, just do it mentality is very prevalent amongst those big brands. And they sure. scream golf at you. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, the reality is, is we all have lives off the course. We all like other sports. Um, and our experience and our relationship with the game is different from golfer to golfer. And so I, I feel that that was missing in the market. But also at the same time, you know, there's a, a younger golfer out that doesn't consider themselves a golfer, but they golf, you know, hmm. and, 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 and why is that? And it's mainly because the the market is is dictated and shaped this understanding of what a golfer is and you know when i look at myself as a a lifelong golfer i don't fit into that archetype you know i have tattoos i don't shave very much i come from fashion uh you know um and and so for me it was like none of these brands are speaking to me or offering a product that i feel represents who i am on and off the course and so that's who we're trying to speak to hmm. uh, with Rada Golf. That's super interesting. And, and it aligns with exactly the way that, that I think personally, you know, the, the impetus for this project and, and kind of the pun is that I'm playing off of with golf needs you is that, that I feel like golf needs you to be yourself. And I think that golf needs all of us to kind of be ourselves within that. And it's interesting to, to think about, well, if who you see yourself as isn't represented in, in golf, then it makes it harder to, to be yourself. Yeah. I mean, there's no personality in golf whatsoever. No, no, there's not. You know, that's such a bummer, you know? And, and, uh, yeah. I was asked the question, uh, a couple of days ago by, by someone, I, I took part in another Q and a, and they asked me how we can make golf more welcoming. Uh, mm-hmm. and you know, top of mind, it was just like, well, one, we could start representing, the golfer and the game differently and in, 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 in less of a kind of one dimensional way. 
Right. You know, I feel like all of the golfers feel the same. All the PGA, the tour players, they all feel the same. Uh, none of them have personality. None of them, none of them have any sort of real individual flavor. Um, mm-hmm. And that I think is a huge firewall, you know, for, for those that aren't golfers to look at the game and say, Hey, you know, maybe this game is for me, you know, but, but it's really difficult for those not playing to really see themselves in this kind of really one dimensional player and personality and kind of uh, idea that's being thrown out there. Yeah, no doubt. And I think another firewall with golf is like, for me, I like to think that any, anytime anyone goes out and they roll putts in on their carpet, then they just play golf. Like, I, I don't, right. I think it's like such a barrier that, right. you know, cause it's intimidating to go play golf. But yeah. I think that, you know, the, the more that folks can consider themselves golfers, even by the most minimal of standards is only going to help the game. Hey, and us. I agree. That's, that's really, that's a really great point too, because, you know, it's part of the reason why we were so inspired by Tiger Hood. You know, mm-hmm. and he, you know, playing golf in, in these alleyways. Yeah. So was just like, you know, without even knowing it, he was opening up the game and offering an opportunity for someone who may have uh, assumed that golf wasn't for them. Uh, taking a look at Tiger and saying, hey, maybe maybe this is something that I would have fun doing and, and maybe this is something I should try. And, uh, you know, that's what really inspired us to work with him. But, yeah, I agree with you. If you're just rolling putts on your carpet or you're doing, you know, that kind of like ghost swing, you know, thing, yeah. like, you know, it's you're a golfer, you know. Um, yeah. And no uh, doubt. But it's just those antiquated associations that that come along with with saying that um, that's a big um, goal for us is to kind of break down those antiquated associations and make people a little bit more comfortable with, with saying that and, 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 and making the game a little bit more accessible. Yep. That's, that's incredible. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit about, you know, the, the inception of Rada. I know, as you said, it's relatively new right? Mm-hmm. last year. Um, do you have like an inception moment that you remember when it? Yeah. Began? Yeah. It's pretty clear. I, I, um, you know, grew up playing golf. Um, and I've been, where are you from Jason? I'm from the South LA County area in a, in a place okay. called Lakewood. It's not exactly a golf, oh, yeah. golf hotbed, um, but <laughs> you get Lake Lakewood country club or golf club or whatever yeah, it's called down yeah. there. You know, that was the one near us, but I didn't come from a country called family. So sure. uh, I, I grew up playing Hartwell golf course and oh, yeah. Compton par three. Um, mm-hmm. And then started playing with the Long Beach Junior Golf Association. I ended up moving to Sonoma right before high school, played varsity golf with them. And they had a, a really, really competitive uh, golf program. We would compete in regionals and things like that. And so, uh, you know, I, I gained access to country clubs and, and, and that kind of experience as well. So it kind of rounded out my understanding of the, the dichotomy that exists in, um, you know, the, the Muni experience and the country mm-hmm. club experience. But the the one moment that really kind of set me off on this journey was uh, I kind of bounced back and forth between New York and L.A., depending on who I'm working for. And uh, I was in New York working for J. Crew, and uh, I hadn't been golfing very much, just working like 50-hour weeks and, you know, just kind of working to pay my rent and for my central air and, you know, that kind of lifestyle in New York. <laughs> And uh, I decided to start playing some golf one summer and I, I got a, a lesson at Chelsea Piers to get my game back on point. And, you know, at the time I was, you know, this is 2000, I think 13. 
uh, I showed up in, you know, my full golf regalia, you know, my, my golf polo, <laughs> sure. my hat, my, my golf shorts. And it was know, probably a cotton shirt for sure. Yeah. You know, it's just like, I'm trying to like show respect to the guy, the pro that's giving yeah. me a lesson. Everything's what I thought I, you know, it should be done. And so I, I got my lesson and then immediately after went to meet some friends downtown for a drink. And, you know, my friends, they're, they're like me, they have tattoos, they work in arts, you know, they're one of them's a photographer, the other one's a business owner in the arts. And they, they don't know me as a golfer. They've never seen huh. me golf. They didn't know I was a golfer at all. And I sat down in that outfit and I just got roasted for like 20 minutes. <laughs> and the one takeaway though, is, you know, after all of the joking settled down, my my friend just kind of looked at me and said, I don't understand. Like it's a polo and a pair of shorts or a pair of pants. Like why does it need to look like that? And it just kind of clicked. I never really thought about what was being offered to me or why certain things weren't being offered to me. And it just kind of sent me off on that journey of kind of researching the market and, and all of that. And, um, and it wasn't until about 2017 that, um, I started to really move to make it a reality and, and, and turn to an old friend of mine, my co-founder, Ivan Dominguez, to really kind of put the pieces together and create a brand. Hmm. And did you have to move? To, so you were in New York. Did you move to L.A. to do that or was that? Uh, well, at that time, J. Crew was, uh, you know, kind of the writing was on the wall at that point <laughs> that things okay. weren't going sure. well. And, um I was kind of looking to see what my future looked like. And I realized it was probably time I stopped working for other brands and, and kind of seeing mm-hmm. that the wholesale model was falling apart as well and um, create a future for myself as opposed to kind of jumping into the the machine of a big brand. And so, um, yeah, you know, we both, my wife and I both, you know, didn't want to live under a bridge anymore in New York in a tiny little box sure. and wanted to start a family. And, and But this was also part of the reason why we wanted to come back to LA to, you know, kind of start something for ourselves. Okay. Well, in and, and my heavy hitting research of looking at your LinkedIn for a minute, <laughs> I I noticed that, so you're a UCLA guy, uh-huh. right? And, and so I was just curious if, if your experience of obviously going to a, a really good school and then working for X number of years in that industry. Could you have started Rada without that experience or was that integral to Hell no. <laughs> what you needed to know? I no, didn't, no I chance. Didn't, I mean, you, you could barely say I was a student there. I took some classes and I took off. <laughs> I didn't graduate. Uh, I left. And, and part of the reason why I left was because, you know, at that time I wanted to work in film. I wanted to be a producer. I got a job uh, two years into school and uh, the producer I was working for was like, look, like your degree isn't going to get you anywhere trying to put together projects. It's who you know and all of that. And so I, I, I believe that and I, I still do. And um, But, you know, my, my journey is my own and I don't think I would have uh, I would have known this is where I, I would end up at that time. And um, I think my work experience has led me to this point, but you know, I don't think that the, the four year degree would have really um, swayed me one way or the other. Right. Yeah. And, and I'm from, I'm from Southwest Michigan, a small town in Southwest Michigan and, you know, living here now. And it's like, a, it's just full of creators and creative people and folks have an idea and, and you can run with right. it and you try it and go, go downtown and try to source things. Could you, could you do Rada if you lived in Montana? Like, is LA pivotal to your success? I think it. I think it. 
is and it isn't. There are definitely ways now you can do it outside of, you know, the New York, L.A. thing. Um, uh-huh. It's going to be a little bit more difficult, but you definitely can do it. Um, you know, it's it's the website services, the uh, all the data available to do your research. Um, all of those things are available no matter where you live. I think when it comes to the product um, aspect of it, um, sampling and being present and, 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 and kind of being face-to-face with your pattern makers and all of that is really important. Um, but we, we produce all of our products in China. Uh, my, okay. my business partner is a managing partner at a factory in China, and it's the factory we use. We're essentially vertical. And uh, so for us, he has that relationship in spades with, his, with our production manager and, and all of that. So, you know, I do have a little bit of a, a taste of what it would look like to not be around your production services and things like that. And it's definitely doable. Um, but, uh, but yeah, there, there would be some challenges. Sure. Well, it makes total sense. And, you know, I always just think about, uh, there's a few, com- I always try to support companies from Michigan. It's like, I always think, man, it's going to be so much harder when you're not in an epicenter. Like we are right. with so much creativity at your fingertips. Right. But, um, but I mean, people do so that all the time, you know, and, and, and yeah, yeah no uh, doubt. and cheers to them because it's not easy. Yeah, no doubt about it. What What's your day to day look like with you know, the operation. Now. Oh man. Uh, you know, it's a startup day to day, you know, one day I have too much to do and, and no time. And then the next day I'm, I'm kind of waiting around for things to happen and trying to figure out, you know, how we could really propel the brand forward. It's, it's kind of all over the place still. Um, but, uh, you know, having a daughter and, and, and uh, and a startup at the same time, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's a bit difficult, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, in the morning, it's, it's, it's touching base with my business partners, setting goals for the day, touching base on long-term goals and, and, and things that are in development and, you know, just kind of uh, really self-propelling this thing forward. Um, but it's, it's pretty much uh, every day waking up, setting some goals for ourselves and, and pushing as hard as we can. And is it just a, is it a two person operation right now or, or what are you guys So there's with? three total. It's uh, my co-founder and myself. Um, and then we have a creative uh, director, Alvin Manalo, who is also our, our partner. Um, and then we have okay. a few creatives at large that help us uh, round out the effort. But uh, the primary uh, kind of uh, brand, it's three. It's a three people effort. Well, I know that it might be a three-person effort, you know, on the, the actual team. I know that you do a lot with other creative mm-hmm. people in SoCal and L.A., like Ben Lyons and, and our guy Max Garcias. I mean, is that is that a conscious decision that you make, or you just kind of find yourself drawn to other creative people? Uh, both. You know, I mean, there are a lot mm-hmm. of people. The golf, the golf community has been really supportive, and a lot of people reach out um, uh, offering services and, and want to be involved in, in, in the effort. Um, but you know, there's, there's, it's such a, uh, kind of personal and intimate thing to have this relationship with your own brand and to bring creatives in. Um, and you know, we, we want to make sure we're partnering with the right people. We, we want to make sure we'll enjoy working with these people, but also that they understand what we're trying to do. Um, you mm-hmm. know, because we're not just trying to be cool. We're not just trying to offer product. We're trying to build a brand that's bigger than its product that has, you know, a, a much that we hope will have a much bigger impact on golf than just um, something you see in a pro shop. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it's a little bit of both, you know. 
but the people we work with are they're all really special they all they all bring something very unique to the table and they're also uh really great people and really fun to work with and and i always admire creative people like you are doing creative things and but i also wonder like you know with the q a's that you've been doing i love reading those and I always think like, man, is that, is that a calculated move or is he just like doing, just like doing Q&A? So he did yeah, it. you know, the Q&A is, you know, I, I, I think that started just out of a desire to really showcase how everyone's relationship with the game is different and mm-hmm. who we're playing golf with. You know, I mean, uh, we're not playing golf with, you know, you know, a human boat shoe. You know, we're not, we're not playing golf right. with country club kids. We're playing golf with you know, actors and musicians and, uh, you know, just people who you get her to be golfers. And we really want to showcase mm-hmm. that with our, with our Q and a series. Well, I, I love reading them. I think it does exactly that. Um, I've got a couple more questions for you and then I'm reaching my maximum, a lot of time that I told you <laughs> I'd take of yours, but and this, this is going to come off a little ignorant, but I'm, you know, part of this for me is just learning from right. people and I'm curious, and maybe you don't have to, maybe you don't have to answer for Rada specifically, but for folks who are in your phase of what you're trying to build with a brand and a business, specifically apparel, is the long-term goal for most people to get sold off, or like what is what is the that's goal? A, for that's a really from? good question, you know, because uh, startups these days, especially over the past five years, it's been the wild west. There's so much VC mm-hmm. money being thrown at startups. Uh, you look at like Glossier and Outdoor Voices and Warby Parker. Um, you know, our goal is to be impactful in the golf market. I think there comes a point where uh, scaling doesn't make sense without bringing on, you know, investors. Um, I think that for us and for Rada, the goal is to try and grow it organically at the beginning um, and really kind of prove our concept uh, and to make sure that we're not selling equity at a discount, you know, too early. And so that's what we're trying to do right now. You know, I I do anticipate a time in the near future, and by near, I mean under a decade, where we probably will want to take the next step. Um, And that does mean looking at those options. Uh, I'm way ahead of myself. You know, we're only a year old, but, you know, to kind of just give people a little bit of insight into, like, the thought process yeah, we have to kind of take that into consideration. You know, I mean, I would love to retain all of the ownership amongst three uh, partners now, and, mm-hmm. but, you know, at, at some point you have to take on money to really kind of compete against these billion dollar global brands that dominate the marketplace, you know? So, right, you know, yeah, our no vision doubt. and our voice will make an impact, but for us to really reach, um, you know, uh, a point to where we're a major player and that we're really going to, to crack the surface on on changing uh, the culture of golf, we're going to have to partner with someone. And, and what that looks like, uh, you know, will, it remains to be seen, but it's something that we're definitely open to. Hmm. Yeah, interesting. It's fascinating. It'll be fun to watch your journey and with, you know, that in, in the back of mind. That's yeah. really neat. Um, but last question I ask everybody, I, I put everyone on the spot i'm not sure if everyone likes this or hates this but i do it anyway and i give you the opportunity to provide some breaking news on the golf needs you podcast any breaking news that you have for rata golf or even your personal oh, life. man breaking news um yeah we, huh we have uh well everything's kind of been teased 
Yeah, you know, we, okay. have, <laughs> no one knows. we have uh, the. Let me say it broke here. Uh, you heard it here first. Of, of the Rada, the Rada Pro Shop, which is gonna, it's a third-party assortment uh, on RadaGolf.com, and we're gonna be launching with uh, a handful of collaborations and partners that um, will help the golf experience. So I'll give you a little bit of insight. No one knows yet with some of the brands we're working with. It's like Salt and Stone, which is an all-organic skincare line so what we're going to be doing is offering sunscreens um for the course cool. and then some wipes so when you're done with uh with your round you take this wipe out you wipe down your face and you're fresh ready to go if you need to go somewhere and meeting afterwards or wherever you need to go you you, you won't look like you just dripped a pound of sunscreen off your face uh we have <laughs> cbd water coming so you know we're a big supporter of finding alternative energy and focus sources um you know, golfing and, and standing over a putt with, you know, a gallon of coffee in your gut doesn't really help. So <laughs> I'm so, I'm so guilty of that. Too. So I think, you know, having a CBD water that'll allow you to focus and kind of calm down uh, is a good alternative. So we're going to have uh, recessed water available on the website as well. So that's the vision. It's all geared towards your golf experience, but there's a health and wellness and sustainability angle that uh we're taking with uh the product assortment that we have offered and that yeah well, yeah and that's news. launching the next couple ne- weeks never never heard before <laughs> that's awesome I, and you know i i specifically didn't ask you about this because i wanted to leave it for you as an out in case you wanted to use this as yeah. breaking news but i didn't want to go without touching on all that you do for social change oh thank you so doing. much yeah i mean that's also you know at the core of, of rada you know me growing up in an area that wasn't uh particularly known for uh you know the golf courses and and, and, and the offering of golf experiences i i felt like you know it's it, it should be part of of our DNA, you know, growing up in that area and then moving to Sonoma and, and seeing all of these country clubs and kind of getting the side eye at certain courses and that I was very kind of exposed to just how different the experience can be for people. Uh, and, uh, you know, I feel like that's something if we really want to make the game more inclusive, it's, it's more timely than ever right now. We have to really take a stand and, 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 and help, uh, be a part of the solution and, and pushing the game forward. Yeah. Well said, man. Well said. And for the, for the returning episode, when you come back someday, or if this audio doesn't work, <laughs> we have to do this again. We can, we can maybe break some news down the line of a route of golf and Rams. Oh uh, man. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And thank you for having one. us out there. The course is sick, man. It is my favorite. Yeah, it's very cool. Good. Yeah. I'm excited to go yeah, back. When you there you go. Something. Oh, I'm excited to have you. I appreciate your time. I appreciate that once upon a time you might not even remember, but you sent me a nice little yes. care package, and I post, posted a picture on <laughs> with my dog. We both loved it. all of the all of the gear. I'm a big fan. I'm a big supporter, and and anything that I can do in my own small, tiny little way, I'd love to do it. And thanks, keep man. I really it appreciate it. I appreciate you, and I'm looking forward to getting together sooner than later, and maybe yeah, we'll play some golf soon. Cool, Jason. That's. Jason Fields from Rada Golf, episode nine of Golf Needs You. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Bye. I'm playing golf this weekend. I'm on the tee box swinging. I have my phone up on airplane mode.
I'm on the fairway lighting up a stone.